are live ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the crypto gaming institute i'm your host ben gothard and today we have the honor of speaking with stay calm for now founder of egamers.io how you doing today man hey i'm great thank you for having me ben glad to be here in your podcast Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know, I know you've uh, you've been in the in the crypto gaming space for a while now, so uh, excited to um, to really dive right in. I love to really understand what is your story. All right, yeah. So uh, I've been in the blockchain gaming space since uh, the summer of two thousand eighteen. Uh, I'm a regular guy, you know, the regular guy you meet uh, your next door. I was involved in crypto. For a very long time, when CoinMarketCap was 20 coins, all, all in all, uh, it's been an exciting journey. Like There were very few of us back then in the days that really believed in decentralization and all the benefits that uh, it will bring to humanity. Uh, back then, I was working for an IT company, like building uh, WordPress websites and all that kind of stuff. And in the summer of 2018, along with uh, three of my best friends, we were discussing and telling that, hey, we need to do something. Uh, we need to, you know, take a business and do something uh, with it. And it was the time that we discovered CryptoKitties. And at first, I, I remember uh, my colleague, Costas, uh, he told me that, hey, George, look at this. These guys are breeding NFTs. And I was like, what? NFTs? Like, what is this? Cats on the blockchain? Are they nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is this? Are you making fun of this? But, and apparently we dived into it and we saw the opportunity that NFTs are actually a game changer. In the, in the whole uh, world, not just the blockchain industry, right? I mean, besides the gaming uh, aspect of NFTs, it's really, really huge. And we saw that blockchain gaming is something that it's coming. It's coming really, really hard and fast. And we decided to create eGamers uh, back in the summer of 2018. We began as a news article portal and community we grew along with the industry with uh, the very very best season to be 2021 everyone involved with crypto games in 2021 and metaverse project uh, one way or another managed to gain real value so we are at the point right now that we are expanding looking for new people and trying to offer much more services to our users rather than being a media portal. Wow. So you saw this back in 2018. What was that moment for you when it really clicked to the point where you decided, oh, this is this is what I need to go into? Like when when would when did that light bulb really go off for you? Yeah, well, we started with, uh, like, you know, CryptoKitties and that kind of uh, very early games. But the moment of, I don't know, elevation was uh, with Engine ecosystem where, as, as noobs back then, noobs like nobody knew what he's doing back then, they introduced the interoperability system, the multiverse, as they called it back then, which is a concept of having the same 
in-game asset, let's as an NFT, let's say a sword, for example, and you can you can use that sword in multiple games. That was revolutionary. Like my brain couldn't relax about. I was thinking this all the time. I was dreaming about multiverse assets, and yeah, <laughs> it was that moment that we actually realized that blockchain uh, and is the perfect blockchain and NFTs uh, are the perfect combination for gaming. Like it's a match made in heaven. And, you know, these multiverse assets started to open our minds and we imagine more and more things. And yeah, look where we are today. Like today we think that this is uh, pretty much common, right? Having interoperability is, is common. But yeah, three years ago, it wasn't. And even though we think it's common, though, to me, the you know, in today's world, we're still not there yet from a technology perspective, which is a bit frustrating. Like we're we're getting there, but we're not there. And yeah, I, I even feel like we're still pretty early on. Um, but I'm curious, back when it back when it clicked for you, clearly you decided to go the media route, and and you decided to, to build a media company. But how did the idea of e gamers like like how did you come to that as the solution for how you wanted to participate in the ecosystem well uh the media website was uh the i can say the funniest and most entertainment thing that we could do back then because you know it was the days that everyone was exploring the space uh i'm not a developer myself nor my teammates so we couldn't like you know start developing and all that kind of stuff using the NFTs. So having a media, which we were good in content anyway, so we had this, we could do that. So doing a media website was uh, the best available option for us back then. And it really served us very well because we managed to make connections with the industry. We had partnered with some of the biggest names in the space. And, you know, it, it worked It worked really, really well for us, plus with uh, our community that it's growing. And we have some of the most uh, OG, uh, I can say, blockchain gamers in our community who were, yeah, from the day first, first day in the industry. That's amazing. So maybe you could, and, and I'm curious because, you know, the Crypto Gaming Institute, one of the core pillars is content and, and, and another one's community. Um, how did you actually go about building out the, you know, the, the, the website? And then um, how did you start thinking about content? Like, did you want to take the perspective of more of a neutral, unbiased source of information? Or were you going for more like, hey, let's make calls, let's build partnerships, let's be the other side, let's be totally biased and, and help people get into what we think is the best. And then, you know, how did you then go about partnerships? Like, how did you actually build out all of that um, the infrastructure and the business model for, for that? I see, I see. Well, to, to be honest, um, it, it's not really every time easy to be unbiased, all right? I mean, we crypto is like, uh, it's like football. Let's say, I don't know if you watch football, but you know, there is a lot of passion involved in football. So crypto is like the same thing for me uh, because I do believe in many projects. I like many projects. I, I basically love some projects. I'm passionate 
with those. So we're trying to be unbiased as much as we can, but you know, we always disclosure, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we chosen, at least in the very beginning, we chose to go with the news side. So we were covering news of the blockchain games. There weren't many back then, so it was like really, really easy. But uh, with the growth we have seen uh, in the industry, the past years, uh, things are getting out of hand right now. Like many, many companies are building games, so it's getting really, really difficult to keep up. And uh, as, a, as a result of the content that we shared, we were blessed to have the opportunity to partner with some big names in the space. Uh, usually a partnership with uh, EGMS is like a media partnership that we will share your news and we will do that kind of stuff or create content around this. But uh, I have to tell you that whenever we talk about a partnership, we do not team up with uh, any project. We, we always do our due diligence, we do our research and we team up only with solid projects that have managed to deliver something and plan to deliver much more. To be honest, like maybe 95% of all the projects that come to us for advertisement, and uh, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but uh, we do not work with them. I mean, we want to give the opportunity to indie developers who don't have the necessary marketing or development funds to you know, make a great title or whatever. We want to give that opportunity to all these people, but it's getting really hard nowadays with all the scams and the rug pulls. You know how this goes. Oh, yes. And Yeah, and we are responsible for what we write and what we say because we have a community that does actually follow us and follow our advices. So it's really, really, really hard for us to tell, hey, you know, this is a good uh, project, a new project. No, no, projects must be vested by us and we have to follow a procedure. And yeah, most of the projects doesn't make it. I mean, you can say that a project which is funded can actually make it easily. Yes, that's true. And another one that is not funded doesn't. But, you know, that's exactly the reason the project is not funded. Nobody guarantees that they won't run away with the money. Because, yeah, we've seen stuff like this every day in the blockchain gaming uh, scene. It's crypto after all. Crypto, unfortunately, crypto is a synonym of scam sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like uh, to say this, but it's half true. Yeah, So, yeah, we, yeah, we always have to be very careful. And us and our readers... You, everyone else. Totally. That's the truth. So it seems like kind of what y'all did was you wrote content, you built an audience, and then projects would approach you for promotion. And they basically want to get access to your readers and your audience and and the traffic that comes to the site. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty much that's how it goes. Understood. Understood. And, you know, that that's a very similar that that's a similar model um to any sort of media outlet is you're doing all the work and the research and the due diligence and the the effort of creating the content and you deserve to get paid for that i mean i believe very strongly that that people who are creating content deserve to get paid because that's how really good information comes out what's interesting is this idea of 
okay, well, not every project is a good fit. Not every project yeah. is a good is a good fit because, like you said, some of them may just be coming to you and they may have just done a pre-sale and they now want to encourage people to, to buy in early on, but it's like three days into their project and they want all this media attention and they want to buy access to great publications and outlets to drive the price up so they could just run away with more. So you have exactly. to be really careful about that. So from the perspective of you vetting projects and making sure they're legitimate, how do you actually go about vetting these projects and making sure that they're legitimate, that they're good projects? Like what is your, your vetting process for that? Yeah. Well, first things first, we, we don't accept, uh, m most of the times we don't accept anonymous projects, mm. right? Uh, then we do our research, like whether there's a company established behind who, who is working for that uh, company, if there is a past uh, track record, if they've done successful projects in the past. And most importantly of all, we do a series of video calls. Like we talk with them. We do not accept any, even if it's the, the smallest thing, a press release or something. We do not accept this unless we have a video call, just like we are doing right now, and discuss projects, discuss technology, and whether this you are going to make is working or not, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we have some checklists that uh, we are we stick to it. It's unfortunately it's very time consuming, which is also a, a reason that some legit projects are left behind. And we don't work with them because, unfortunately, we can't talk with everyone. Uh, we, we do get a lot of re marketing requests every day. And this is a sign that the industry is growing like really crazy. Well, probably it's the most growing industry, I can say. And, yeah, we do it like this way. We try to vest them in any way possible and using our connections to verify these projects. And the best... The best time like to come to us is after they have completed their sales. <laughs> That's the first like, have you done your sales? Yes, okay, good. Like if you <laughs> haven't done them, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So okay, so it seems like you're really taking the time to dig into these projects and really meet the people behind it, understand the technology, understand their, I would assume their tokenomics and how everything works, how their assets work, their, their in-game economies, the, the, the play of everything and, and, and just everything about it. Um, when you're then going from, okay, you're doing your initial vetting stage to then you're actually creating content and, um, you know, building content for, for these projects, how do you go about that next level of research and understanding and then how do you actually formulate the content i mean is it like a you do an interview and then you kind of summarize and then you do other research or like like what are you yeah. trying to like how does that uh, process go it actually depends on the project i mean for example if you tell me right now to a review for the sandbox there is plenty of information outside that uh, on the internet that i can find and you know make my own review and all that kinds of stuff but the the real struggle is when we have new projects 
that there is not much content around and you, you have to go back to back with the developers and the the ones that at least represent the project so we can get all the necessary information. Uh, this process is kind of, I can say a bit hard because most of the times uh, the content is lacking. I mean, many crucial parts for the economy or just, just a simple gameplay change can uh, have dramatic impact in the game because, yeah, we talk about money here. So a simple change in a game can make huge impact for a player, which means like making or losing money. So uh, unfortunately, this, this kind of variables, when we are talking about fairly new projects, we, we don't have the insights to this. And even the developers doesn't have them because they do something and the next day they change this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things mm -hmm. are a bit messy in, the, in this kind of stuff, but we strive and we research the best we can and communicate the best we can so we can get our content out that uh, actually matters to the people. Content that people will read this, watch this, and say, yeah, I'm happy. I learned something today. Not just, you know, talking about a game and that kind of stuff. I love that. So I want to talk about um, kind of some of the trends that you're seeing with the games that are the most successful. I mean, you're literally doing due diligence day in and day out. And you're seeing what's working and what's not working in a ridiculous number of games. So... Yep. From your vantage point, you have a really interesting perspective. And I mean, it's kind of it's a little similar to, to kind of the perspective that I have, too, with, with the guests that come on the show. I mean, I get to ask a lot of questions and we get to have a chat and it's a lot of fun. So so from your perspective, though, what are you seeing that's working where when you see this in a game or you see this in a team or a project, you're like, okay, this is a really good sign. Like, what are the green flags and what are the red flags? All right. So um, let's talk about the red flags. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so first things first, uh, we always do our research, regardless of what I say or anyone else. Don't trust us. Don't trust the media. Like, do your research. That comes down to investigating who are the people behind the project. Like, go to their Twitter and check their, their Twitter account. They have, like, one 100K followers for a Twitter account that is one month old. No, this stuff are not serious. Like, that, that's the first and probably the last red flag you need not to invest in that particular project, all right? Then you have to go to check the community and speak with the community. Like, are they active? or not, um, you go check the roadmap. Do they deliver what they say they're going to deliver? And I'm, I'm not talking about like going and examining the smart contracts or the tokenomics. That, that things are not for everyone to understand. And I understand that these things are hard to get into your brain and process like the tokenomics and imagine how this will work if X players come in and X money come in. Yeah, these things are really hard. Like we're going to need an automated process or something to, you know, for the future the economies and all that kind of stuff to simulate them. Uh, but that's about the red flags. Like 
always keep in mind the past track record, do not invest in uh, projects that have anonymous developer. We have enough anonymity. We don't need any more. And then regarding the, the stuff that uh, actually matters and that makes you invest in the game is whether or not the development team is doing a good work. I mean, do they keep on the roadmap? Do they do what they say they're going to do? Uh, it, and first things and foremost, you, you want to play games that are actually fun. Now with the gamify that it's kind of trending, you can see a lot of games. Actually, you can't call them games. It's gamified blockchain experiences that may or may not make you some money. But in the end of the day, these things uh, are not going to last. If we take, for example, a normal game, what is the life cycle of the of a game? How many years players are going to play a game? So in crypto, because of the economy, I think this cycle is, is getting much faster. So in a nutshell, it's better to find a project when it's really early and become an early adopter uh, rather than being afraid that you're going to miss uh, the train. If you miss the train, you missed it. It's okay. You're going to find the next opportunity next month or the... The other week, whatever, you're going to find the next opportunity. But uh, it's, it's better not to, like, rushing. If you see something, a game that has a really, really expensive token, that it's done, like, 50x or whatever, don't rush to jump in because most probably you're going to lose your money. Try to find early projects. Try to find vested projects. Like, research them, see if others are actually talking about them. And... Always pay attention to the press releases because uh, I can say that everyone can get an article on a website, like a paid article or something. Like I'm not going to name like website, but big medias, like you, you wouldn't even believe that. But big medias share the article, share the press releases for a price. So if if today we decide to make a game, we can have like. 10, 20 press releases in huge, huge world-known publications. And yeah, we're all good. We are featured by X magazine, you know? <laughs> yeah, but what's, what's doing in the background, it's another thing. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So it seems like some of the red flags are, are the, de like, are the devs doxed, the team doxed? Um, yeah, did, the community, did, if they engage and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, community engagement. Did the Twitter followers go from zero to a hundred K in four days? Probably, probably they bought some of those. Um, did they, you know, are they, um, are they yeah. delivering on their roadmap? And then yeah. there, there's, no, there's nothing, uh, excuse me. There is nothing bad with, uh, let me say buying Twitter followers. Like every projects do this but they do this in a very small scale because if you start a project right now, let's say we make a game and we make a new Twitter account, all right, and we have zero followers, who is going to trust us with zero followers? Nobody's going to do this. So it's a common tactic that games actually buy like two, three, or uh, 5,000 followers. 
just for your eyes, but uh, there are some other projects that overdo this, you know, and they they reach 5100k, they share an article, and you see they have zero interaction or they have very much interaction, but it's still fake interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy to tell when you jump into it and you look like if they're yeah, exactly. consistently getting nothing, then, well, that's a sign. That's a sign. So, of course. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So to jump back more into the green flags, then um, the types of games that you're seeing be more successful, does that matter as much, like whether it's an RPG or like a, you know, like a trading card game or this or that? Like, does the type of game matter or the genre of game matter or is it more an execution? Like, let's dig into this more. I believe the most important aspect uh, in a game is to build a game that is fun. Whether whether you make a trading card game or a sports game or an RPG game, uh, this is all stuff that people are going to like or not. Like, I don't play card games, for example, but I can play soccer games, no problem. Um, so in, in that sense, we see games across all genres, all, all different type of games. But in blockchain gaming, currently, uh, there are, I can say three things that matter, matter the most. It's the fun aspect of the game, because if it's not fun, I'm not going to play. Whether you make money or not, if I'm going to get epilepsy, it won't make me good. So you have to make a fun game, right? Right. Uh, then we... You have to create a sustainable economy, which is something that we haven't yet seen in, in blockchain gaming. Uh, usually we, we see the dual token economy, which is a thing nowadays. Axie Infinity like introduced this uh, with the, the SLP token. Uh, Axie actually is a very big chapter of uh, of blockchain gaming. Yeah, so we have the genre, we have the the economy, and we have the accessibility. A few years back, it was very hard to play blockchain game as a normal gamer. If you don't have crypto experience, if you don't have Web three experience it is very, very difficult to understand the process of installing a MetaMask of being your own bank. When I say to the people, you are your own bank, they're telling me, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, they, they, can't, uh, they can't think about that you are your own bank. And this is very, very, very important in cryptocurrency and blockchain gaming, right? So uh, it's the accessibility which was keeping uh, blockchain gaming back, but uh, there are some projects that managed to do very good in this. So they they have they create your wallet uh, already. Sometimes you don't even know that you have a wallet, like uh, Blancos or Splitterlands or whatever. There are, many, there are some games that are doing really, really good uh, in this field. So I totally agree. And I actually think that the tokenomics are one of the most important aspects of any game, especially in play to earn. Because when you have 
people that are quitting their jobs to play the game full time and they see the value of a single unit of the currency just you know just in free fall exactly. like that's a huge issue and a lot of the issue that i'm seeing is the games just want to make their tokens inflationary and they just want to mint new and new and new and new and more and more tokens to pay out the play to earn rewards but they don't think about how that's going to affect the price on the back end so then they try to they try to like on the back end think about ways to add in burn mechanics to even out the mint to burn ratio and it's just an issue one of the games that's doing a fantastic job of this um is actually decentral games which um shout out to miles the founder of that he was uh he was on the show as well but i've been i've been following um their journey and their ice token um has been performing spectacularly thus far uh, as far as deflationary mechanics go it's it's pretty phenomenal uh that, that ice token is secondary token it's play to earn it is a dual token economy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wonderful yeah that's uh, i know with the central games but i'm not really familiar with uh what they're building there the the thing is that with dual token economies nowadays that were introduced by Axie, it's working, but it's kind of not working as it should, right? I mean, you have to integrate all these burning mechanics and who wants to burn their money? Like, right. yeah, that, that's a way to see this. I mean, the game will make you to burn some tokens whether it's going to be for food, if you if you don't buy food, your avatar won't be able to play, or whatever. But still, in the end of the day, we're gonna have more minting rather than burdening. At least that's how I have this in my mind, unless someone else come and prove me wrong here, right? But still, I think like it's the most ideal thing we are close to. Uh, Agreed. In the end of in the end of the day, we are still a very. It's uh, how to say this. It's a small industry that keeps growing. I mean, we we need a couple of years more to find new sustainable ways for economies to work, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's an uncharted area. Agreed. Definitely. Agreed. So we're gonna we're gonna see more and more. So that's that's at least good. So I want to talk about, I do want to talk about at some point community and the importance of that, but you just highlighted an incredibly important topic that I want to get into also, which is the fact that we are years away and you've been in this industry for years now, since 2018, based on what you're seeing and the evolution of everything that's going on and the velocity at which things have caught on and technology has developed. Can you give us a sense and maybe help us quantify like how early are we still and what are going to be some in your eyes like milestones or benchmarks of like year one year from today we're going to be here three years there five years there and 10 years will hit mass adoption um not saying that's the thing but you know just from your perspective The funny thing, when I was doing uh, interviews and my favorite question was always where blockchain gaming will be in five years. So I've been asking this question for four years right now. (laughs) 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 So, um, okay, let's take it from the beginning. 2021 was a blast 
for blockchain gaming, all right? I mean, the gaming tokens really skyrocketed. So one, like I told you earlier, one way or another, uh, everyone who was involved in the play to earn scene uh, gained some value. Let's begin with this. Uh, this year also we had some uh, really, really good news coming from EA, Ubisoft and all these big companies and publishers that are joining the blockchain gaming space. With uh, the highlight, I believe, was Ubisoft's Quartz platform on Tezos that uh, Ubisoft, the fans of Ubisoft actually ditched Ubisoft for NFTs. Uh, that, that's a thing that people, gamers, normal gamers, do not understand what NFTs are, right? And this is, uh, I believe the fault for this is NFT art. And all these people who try to make like money by selling pictures of their dogs. Because we, we've seen that things happening again and again and again and people have uh, NFTs in their mind like a cash grab sim, which uh, sometimes it is, right? But other times it has the utility that we are after. So next year is going to be amazing. Next year is going to be phenomenal for blockchain gaming. Definitely we are going to see a couple of mainstream titles, which uh, is something that we were waiting for years. Uh, there are many, uh, many companies that right now are joining the blockchain gaming space and that includes mobile companies that create simple yet uh, very playable games by millions of play players. So all these companies, they do want a piece of the cake. They do want to make money out of NFTs. So I notice a a trend of existing games being ported over to blockchain as, as new ones. So they don't mess with the old uh, non-crypto economy. They just create new tokenomics and come and, you know, make a new game like uh, Access Metaverse is doing Access.io by Azure, which is like a top five mobile publisher. They're releasing an NFT-based play-to-earn game, which is actually coming this year very soon. Uh, so 2022 is going to be the year of blockchain gaming for sure. And the next years, it's going to be the standard, man. It's going to be the standard. Whoever doesn't believe this, he's daydreaming. It's going to be the standard. Like, I don't know, maybe in three or four years from today, uh, all major titles might be on the blockchain. We are still far from this. Uh, we still have to educate people because they don't understand what an NFT is. They don't understand what crypto is. So you have to get some uh, knowledge, some training. Now, let's be honest. We are crypto people. We find things easy, but I can explain to my mother what an NFT is and how that is working because like she's playing like on her mobile phone, Clash of Clans or I don't know, whatever. But behind that, it's really hard to explain. And that's also a reason that we don't have to explain. We have to make it easy and accessible like everyone else is doing, like create your account and just play. And when you wanna sell, sell, go to the market, press sell button 
and get the money in your bank account or your PayPal or wherever, or get it in crypto if you want. But let the conversion uh, take place behind without the user know this. So we are far away from this stage, but we are going to reach that eventually in the next years. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, I believe in the next three, four, maybe five years, blockchain gaming, like play to earn is going to be the new black. We are, it's a new, new era in front of us. I remember my father telling me, stop playing video games and go get a job, right? Now I'm playing video games and I'm making more. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that's how it goes. Gaming now it's, is a new job. Now it's go quit your quit your day job and start gaming. Yeah, yeah. Fun fun fact, like uh, the, the day of Christmas, uh, we were talking about crypto at home and my father told me, hey, I want to give you some money to buy me some Bitcoin. And I was like, if you bought it when I told you, you wouldn't have to buy it now. And he was like, how much was it back then? I was selling 3K. Now it's 50. But do you want now? <laughs> you want Bitcoin now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's, ne it's never too late. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm fascinated by the idea of how quickly this is going to happen. I think it's not going to happen fast enough for us because we're in it. But it's going to happen way faster and the adoption of the technology is going to happen way faster than anything before. I mean, I was reading a statistic, and I forgot exactly where I was reading it. it. It was a reputable source. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sharing it. But cryptocurrency and the blockchain is being adopted faster than the internet was being adopted. Yeah, I, I watched an image, an infographic, actually, that uh, at this point we are in 1993 when it comes to adoption. So you imagine that, uh, I'm not talking about gaming, but I'm talking about blockchain. The, the implementation of blockchain in our lives, we are in 1993. So imagine what is going on to happen in the next years, right? Right, it's gonna be amazing. Everything be is, amazing. yeah, yeah. Everything is going to be an NFT. Your contract with the government, your, it's going to be an NFT because it works. It works, it's safe, it works, it's easier than paper contracts or whatever. It, I don't know, maybe it, it's the best way, even for it, for a concert ticket, for membership, for gaming assets, for whatever you want to do digital or even linked to physical, it's NFT. You can't I go agree. otherwise. I agree. And for the, on the physical side, I feel like a lot of people are thinking to themselves, well, if it's just a contract, a digital contract, why would it make sense to tie that to a real life asset? Well, it proves the ownership. It exactly. proves it proves the ownership regardless of and, and online, it's the ability to enforce it is built in. I mean, with with a smart contract, it's just it's built in. But offline the problem with offline is we still need to be able to enforce the ownership. And that's the and you can prove that you own it, but if somebody doesn't care and they just take it from you, okay, well that's a different problem. Um, but but that's kind of the what I see is like, oh well, it's just a different. You're not asking the right question if you're thinking like, well, why would it be better to use an NFT for ownership for an offline item? It it should be the standard of ownership of property and and everything. 
Um, the enforcement issues is the is the off chain uh, offline issue there. Um, but anyways, to to kind of come back here, when you're saying 2022 is the year for um, crypto gaming, blockchain gaming, um, and you mentioned a couple of AAA titles are coming. What do you think the cycle is going to look like? Because we had a ridiculous amount of growth in like um, yeah. uh, September, October, November of 2021. Um, late November, early December, we had a crash, and it's kind of been kind of it's it, it's been kind of sucky. A couple of up ups and downs. Um, now we're here, January, whatever today is. We're doing this live, so. Uh, January third, as of the the streaming of this, um, what do you see as the the cycles in 2022, and then how do those cycles evolve past 2022? Yeah, all right. So uh, I'm I'm not a trader. Uh, I'm not the right person to answer about cycles, but I'll tell you this: the market has grown so much in 2021. All right. But right now in the market, the money are funds. They're VC funds. It's not me and you. It used to be me and you. Now it's funds. So the funds will keep coming because it's crypto. It's the hottest asset class you would like to hold. Obviously, the market is going to do a correction or whatever. Uh, but in the end of the day, we will keep growing as a market. Now it's. I think it's. Uh, what is the market now? Right now, two trillion or something. Roughly. Uh, yeah, roughly two trillion. Yeah, that thing is going to double and double and double again and keep doubling. So that's the way. That's the way things are going to work. But short term, we might go down. Long term, we will only go up. Whether if we go to a crypto winter or not. The, on, the only thing for sure is that we will keep growing. And I believe that in 2022, regardless of what the market is going to be, the best opportunities will come from gaming because the gaming concept is only going to grow exponentially and more and more companies will join the gaming concept. So gaming... Uh, I don't know, will be the the pillars of the crypto market like in 2022. At least that's how I have this in my mind. If, if, the, if we have a beer market and we are going down, we will see many profit opportunities. Like I don't really like talking about profits, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, uh, an, I'm not an investor and whatever I say, it's not an investment advice, but we're going to see a lot of profits and gains coming from new gaming projects and existing ones. And since we talk about profits and all that kind of stuff, let's say to the users that you guys should trust legitimate projects and only do not risk your money, right? I see I see every day, like I follow some pages in uh, on Facebook. Uh, most of them are in Philippines. You should know that Philippines, uh, these guys are the best in the Philippines. They're the first metaverse workers, and they are really into play to earn, thanks to Axie, because they, they started with Axie. So I'm in some, some groups on Facebook, and every day I see a new rug pull 
from games that I don't even know. And I see people in the comments telling that they invested their life earnings in that kind of game. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? I don't even know that game. Why do you invest that money in that shitty game? Been as much same projects now and all that kind of stuff. You know how this drill goes. But yeah, guys, be extra careful. Don't spend your money. Never more than you can afford to lose. That's really, really, really important. Totally. So what I'm hearing is, and I, I hold a very similar view, is that we're up only in the long term. We got to expect just volatility in the short term. Yeah. There, it will go up. It will go down. Sometimes it'll go way down. But over time, in the long run, it will go up and up only. I, I totally agree. And I think I agree with you also that gaming is going to be where a lot of the growth happens in 2022 because as we saw if we just look back in history during the bear market of 2021 one of the few golden uh projects was axie because it was the the user growth just grew and the profits grew and And it it still is wasn't it wasn't directly correlated so the market was down but gaming was up i still think that can happen but you just got to be careful you can't just yolo into Every project you just see randomly, you got to really do your research. And um, you gave us some really good techniques of what to look for, um, some red flags, some green flags, some vetting procedures. Um, and then, of course, you know, trust some trust good media outlets um, like eGamers to, to bring you some really high quality information. Absolutely. So let's talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have a comment on that? We will. In short term or long term, there are two ways to see this, right? You either hold the tokens you buy and you don't care about the price, which is what we do for years now. Uh, That's why we call ourselves early investors in many successful projects because we bought when everything was just an idea what we believed behind the team. Now, if if people care about short-term gains and all that kind of stuff, you just need to do trading. That's another thing. That's a full-time job. So, yeah, the best solution is always to trust a legitimate project, buy the token when it's early, and just wait. If people want to make money overnight and become millionaires, most probably they will lose their money. It's as simple as it sounds. Yep. I mean, crypto can make millionaires, definitely, yes, but you have to know what you are doing. If it can make it fast, it can break it fast, too. Exactly. So it's, it's a, it's a double edged exactly. sword. Double edged sword. You put it better. So let's talk a little bit about uh, community and, and both the importance of building community and then actually how um, you have done it in your own business. Um, because I believe community is a foundation of, of, of really good projects. But first of all, how did you actually build the e-gamers community in, in the early days? And then how do you see community as kind of a driving factor within this, this whole idea of crypto gaming? All right. Uh, when we began our community, it was very easy because there wasn't like many groups back then, you know, so it was uh, really easy for us to build a community. And uh, in actually in our very early days, we've teamed up with Engine and we had an influx of users coming from Engine, which back then Engine was the only solid project with uh, actual games. Uh, 
in 18, early 19. And it was kind of easy for us to build a community with OG users and start doing some events and giveaways and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a big shout out to the eGamers community because they are the pillar of our website and they are the ones who helped us uh, become who we are today. And regarding the next phase of your question about the community and the game, communities are going to be the driving force of blockchain gaming. And when I say communities, I mean guilds. Take, for example, Yield Guild Games, uh, Merit Cycle, who invested in Vulcanverse, and all that kind of guilds. These are going to be the main uh, driving force of gamers to games. Because right now, we have something that we have a lot of things that never happened before, but one of them is the actual guilds. Okay, so as an MMORPG player myself, I was playing Lineage and World of Warcraft for like more than 10 years, all right? So uh, I know about guilds and clans and how to manage them and whatever. But this time in blockchain gaming, things are so different. Guilds are a real thing. Guilds are interoperable. They are multiverse guilds, metaverse guilds. They go from game to game. And with the scholarships that, again, Axe introduced, uh, we have all these new thousands of guilds coming up that are buying assets from games, from the pre-sales to give these assets to their members and keep a percentage of the earnings. That's a very that's a new actually earning model and besides the guilds we have all these projects like blockchain asia that are trying to build the tools to run a guild so from what i see from what i saw in 2021 i saw so many guilds being created and so many guilds investing early in games that aren't yet out Right? I mean, they invest like six months, a year before the game comes out. And, you, you know, that's a common, that's a common tactic for uh, investing in blockchain games. But now with the guilds, this takes place in much, much bigger rates and more money. Like we're talking about guilds are throwing out millions in in-game assets and all that kind of stuff for their members. So yeah, definitely this will be the driving force in 2022. Guilds will actually rule blockchain gaming space. Guilds will become much bigger than games. And yeah, everyone wants to be in. Everyone wants a part. Everyone wants to be a guild member. That's how things work nowadays. Like everyone is looking for scholarships, but you know, that, that's hard. Scholarship needs money. You have to pay a lot of money up front to get that. That's fascinating. And I love how we're now kind of going to a place where people can aggregate in a community, in a guild, and you're they're almost perpetuating and and building the games that they want through the investment. I mean, if they find a game that their players want to play and they think it's a good game, they can invest in it and they're bringing all their players to it. So it's it's like a virtuous cycle of they're almost launching games from 
from every aspect that counts of, of putting in the, the financial exactly. resources, but also the human capital to make that really work. So that's fascinating to me. And I agree with you completely. I think guilds are only going to become more powerful, more prevalent, and more important to the to the exactly, crypto gaming exactly. space. Imagine that in 2022, we are going to see investment funds um, automating things and investing in guilds. Let's say you make a guild, you have an X amount upfront, and you have like 1,000 community members. They're platforms being built right now that you will go to that platform and ask for a loan automatically behind from your keyboard you will take a loan and you you are going to buy in-game swords <laughs> it's crazy mate you gotta buy you gonna buy assets and give that assets to your community obviously the 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 backers will take some their money back eventually but yeah you will make that profit and your players are going to make profit because they are playing um when slp price was like 20 or 30 cents i think back in the summer uh guys from philippines and i'm talking about uh, emerging countries uh they were making like five or six times more in the 15 days of gameplay from working one month in a normal job there. Like, wow. yeah, this is insane. People people actually paid for their medicine. They bought cars. They built houses. They were able to do this kind of stuff by just playing Axe Infinity. And now it's not only Axe Infinity. It's going to be Volcomverse. It's going to be Access. It's going to be a shitload of games that it's coming out right now. And all of them, in their own way, will have scholarships. So, you know, guilds will capitalize on this and bring players on board. Unfortunately, we have a lot of copycats, right? I mean, Axie copycats were, I don't know how many. Uh, I was watching projects that, actually projects that were being, being published by well-known media in the space, and I'm not talking about crypto media, I'm talking about well-known media, that had taglines like better than Axie Infinity or the next Axie or that kind of stuff. Yeah, these projects are doomed anyway. But yeah, you see that we have a lot of copycats and that's why we always have to be careful. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for, for coming on the show today. This has been really, really fun. Um, you know, the, there really aren't that many other players in the media space of crypto gaming specifically. So, you know, it's it's really fun to get to chat with a with a kindred soul. Um and, and especially Thank somebody you like much. you who's, who's been doing it for such a long time. Um, you know, you're you're really a professional. So uh, I want to thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I do have one last question you, for man. you. Please. One last um what should I be asking you that I wouldn't think to ask? Hmm, that's hard. What you should be asking me, huh? What games I'm playing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. What games are you playing? Uh, I'm not playing. Do you do you believe this? I'm not playing games. It's uh, it's a lot of work to do here with the website and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. my my partner is actually playing. We have a dedicated person on the gamers media who is in charge of playing the games. 
And he has been playing for a very long time, many games. He's playing for years, mate. I mean, all, most of the games didn't make it, obviously. Um, we lost a lot of money in games. That's truth. That's the truth. Especially in the very early days, like 99% of the days back then didn't make it. We bought so many NFTs in all these games that never delivered product. But uh, to be honest, the, the earnings of the other ones make it up for this, so no problem. But yeah, there, there are a lot of great games that people can play. Uh, some of them are free, like Gods Unchained, which is a really, really good game, a trading card game. Then we have Splinterlands, which is, uh, which is the most playable in terms of on-chain data. Then you have the classics. You have Axie, which... Uh, Axie, you guys should know that Axie Infinity is like not even 10% ready of what Sky Mavis has in plan. And, and I'm telling I'm telling this, I'm telling this this because I know many people are worried and frustrated about the price of SLP, and I feel them. I know how this is, uh, but Axie will see better days. Like we we just have to do some patience and let people work. And there are other great games like like Vulcan, where the whole ecosystem of Vulcan Forge is insane. The rewards are insane there. Uh, like Axis is coming out, like even Crop Bytes that we have been playing for, uh, I don't know, Crop Bytes is the first, the first farming game we have been playing for maybe three years. And actually the rewards paid out um, a few months ago. So imagine that we were playing all these years, it was a flat line of earnings, nothing fancy. And like six months ago, the whole thing started to boom and the rewards became uh, in crazy, but the assets price also went to the roof. So yeah, one, one, one last thing it's, I would like to tell to the people, it's everything is about timing, I believe. You have to get in the right time. There is a good time and a bad time. For example, when Axis used to cost 1000 each, yeah, it was a bad time to buy an Axie. But now you can get a good Axie with 400 bucks. Now it's a good time. But if prices keep falling, again, it's a bad time now. So, you know, everything, <laughs> <laughs> you never know what is going on to happen. So, yeah, it's a risk. But it's life without risk. Everything is about timing. Like this one and stay safe. Agreed. Agreed. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, this has been a ton of fun. I appreciate you. You're the man. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, to everybody watching and listening, I want to thank you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Ending stream.